Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. ready welcome <laughs> to the greatest pond cast featuring I almost feel like you said pond cast pond cast well it is it is a podcast coming some, from across the pond exactly exactly <laughs> and on our episode today we have the great and powerful mr dick simpson richard simpson of tricky we're dick not, bart simpson of we're not wizards fame ish famous he's famous now he's pulling a jerry Chewing crackers on the podcast. What's going on, Richard? Why are you doing Chaser this cookie. to me? <sighs> Chewing because crackers. I had this. I had this thought. Right. No wonder your podcast was a failure. This is a. This is. A, <laughs> <laughs> this is an endurance thing. Yeah. So I need to lay myself up with sugar. This is going to be a. This is going to be a long track. You've got a car blade. I can just imagine this is going to be going places. And I need to stay sharp for the insults that are going to be coming in from the left and coming in from the right and coming in sometimes from the middles. Well, you so, better get ready because we've got a whole... Don't have to roll your arms We've so got a whole bagpipe full of only time, only time Scottish of people ever roll their R's is when they're asked to do a Scottish on accent. every that show I've time. ever watched, they roll their R's tremendously. That's because you've been watching Mike Myers in <laughs> So I Married an Axe Murderer, and he's not—he's not one of ours. <laughs> oh, he's not. He's one of—he's—he's—he's he's, he's Canadian, isn't he? One of so, you guys. He's kind of like a weird Canadian because he's kind of like—I thought they were meant to be quite like apologetic and polite, right. but he you know, apparently—he's quite a difficult gentleman to deal That's with. Not here, he's French Canadian. So. Oh, well, that'll explain it. Zut alors. It's the French half. Zut alors. So, Zut yeah. Yeah. So, um. I have a I question for you. You have a question for me because I. I was yeah. just concerned about the tremendous flooding in Fief, Aberdeenshire, and Angus. Is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as I'm based myself, it's pronounced a uh, fife. Oh. Actually, because it's. No, it's not. It's pronounced fife. Fife. <laughs> Life. You don't ask thief. Okay. Well, I mean, no, I know it's, the it's flood been, barriers um, were put in place in the Aberdeenshire towns of Stonehaven well, and Kinney. I'm just see, making sure you're okay. We had approximately 18 hours of solid precipitation that came in um, from the ocean and has lasted over a period of time. Um, this is the time of year where generally the general amount of precipitation is higher. Uh, but however, the there has been several dry spells on the pre- previous period. Uh, period of time which meant that the stress and strain on the flood defences which are currently in place are currently a lot less than what they should be so we're fine there is some localised flooding in areas and we are we're advising drivers for a while to be careful of surface water as we don't want anybody aquaplaning on the motorway but in general there's been few incidents even though it's more preparation than anything else did the dikes Um, did the dikes hold up and are the sheep okay 
The thing is, right? In the lowlands. The thing is, right? If you put the sheep, we actually use sheep as flood defense because I don't know if you're aware, <laughs> Jerry, is the ability for your average sheep is essentially a huge sponge, <laughs> and they can technically they can technically absorb between four to five metric tons of um, dihydrogen. Sheep are just walking war. tampons. Yeah, they could be used to <laughs> completely. I think yeah. <clears throat> they can be used for both your regular and heavy flow. Right. So as soon as they <laughs> look like we got a storm coming, Ian, deploy the sheep. And the herd goes out and they come back in the morning quite fluffy. But have you ever watched? You ever watch sheepdog trials? I have not. So is this like sheepdogs get- that have committed felonies or? No, this is just no. It's not like Judge Judy. Dun, dun, dun. It's, not, it's not like you know. <laughs> and you've now been arrest- you've been charged and arrested with stealing several bones for roughing up the nearest peace officer. And no, but it's just these kind of guys. These really kind of rough, not rough looking guys, but these guys of age. They've weathered. You know, they're the kind of ma- they're the kind of the mahogany of the farming world, mm-hmm. and they stand there generally in kind of like a big jacket, a waterproof jacket, some kind of flat hat, and they stand there, they wear arms crossed, and they don't wave or anything. They just let let out. Genuinely, they let out little little whistles. And the dog knows exactly where to go. So they're they're trying to kind of like bring these, it's usually four to six sheep, and they've got to take them out across the field, and then at the end of the day, they've got to herd them into kind of like a gated fence. And they do this through whistling. And the occasional shout, but nothing more. They just go, pst, 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 pst. and the dog will go, oh, that means I must take the left, but gently do it and <laughs> kind of lead, a you know, gently yielding. kind of coerce them around the, Emerging. And it's very exciting. Is this uh, televised? It is, yeah. I need to look. Definitely tell I'm sure You need to check I'm it out. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. It's either BBC One or Two. I mean, they have three channels, right? Um, actually, no, there's more. Uh-huh. We've got BBC, we got BBC Scotland. Uh, mm. I was just wondering, were you interested in the Scottish Premiership? I heard the Rangers were, were up 1-0 to Ross County. Will Gerard's side go top? <laughs> um, I've never considered him a it, top. <laughs> <laughs> He's a power bottom, right? I thought so, wasn't he? <laughs> He's definitely just the way he tries. He keeps his hair short. He kind of—I think he tries to give the—he gives to gives the nuances that he's a top, but everybody knows. But if you go when the doors are, sh- if you go, <laughs> he'll go top, right? He'll go top. Well, I mean, now, he's under that kind of control. The issue that you've got with Rangers, okay, is Rangers are actually. Um, I, I, to be honest, I have no idea what I just read and what it's in reference to. Okay, well, let me explain to you. Like I kind of know what I'm talking about but in some ways don't because this ties in this kind of ties in nicely into my kind of family situation as well but basically Rangers a little while ago were kind of um, deducted several points which caused them to be relegated which caused them to be having to fight their way up is this a the rugby team or a soccer no, team no they're a soccer football oh, okay. Okay. team football proper proper football could None be. of you are dressing up in pads and running about with an egg. I thought it may be a, like they were into heavy kilt lifting or something. I'm not sure. Again, that possibly goes down to the conversation that we were having <laughs> earlier on. But um, So Rangers are being fighting their way up, but they're still trying to get dominated by 
Celtic. There's Glasgow Celtic and there's Glasgow Rangers. There's two types of teams. And one of them was predominantly used to be um, populated by... Um, it's it's <laughs> separated by religion. So you, the Celtic team were really? generally full of Catholics. The Glasgow Rangers Imagine were, religion were dividing things. That's shocking. It's just one of these <laughs> things. And it continues. And it and continues. It, it, but interestingly enough, every time my father-in-law, who is from Belf, who um, originally is just from just outside Belfast, every time they come over, we will try and watch the might of Rangers play against another team. We'll go to Glasgow and we'll go and watch Rangers football team play. And I am a bad luck charm because every time I go, we lose. Depends. And and if I was at that Ross County match, <laughs> they'd be about three goals down, I'm telling you. Yeah, are hooligans as prom- prominent at soccer matches as they appear to be, according to, to, to American television? That's that's something that we associate with football matches. Is that... Um, <clears throat> I think... Like, do you wear track pants and windbreakers and wait outside and fight each other. That's how it's depicted on American Well, television. I think that generally is. That's like kind of like half-time. Um, I think what we realized is very quickly on is that if you continue to eat pies on a regular basis every match, then you start to kind of get a midriff going on. And one of the ways in order to get rid of that midriff is to express yourself in some form of physical activity. And it made perfect sense, fueled by alcohol, to go and to cause lots of fights because it's not just a it's more of a physical exercise thing do y'all, than an actual do y'all do tailgating at soccer matches i don't know if that's another thing that's in relation to we the should change the name of this podcast have. is do y'all well do y'all stare at the moon like i do and wonder if it's just the light that's getting produced by the moon or if it's the sun reflected the light back off us. Because that does, does that it absorb me somewhat. and then produce its night. own ambient light? Tailgate. And just looking at it with my candle. I don't know what that's like when you're really close to another car. Ta- uh, tailgating is basically when you go outside and you're like drinking and partying before the game out in the parking lot. Yeah, you open the tailgate uh, of the truck and you generally barbecue something or cook something and drink. Outside, because being from a civilized country like Scotland, we generally don't have trucks that have opening bits at the back. <laughs> and drinking is not actually allowed. You're not meant to be drinking on the within the really? actual grounds themselves. Man, they have to stop if they did that here, the, no one would attend. No, because there was a general, there was a hooligan kind of problem, but they're kind of passing it. Of course, at the moment, nobody's allowed to play. You can't. The fans can't even go to the matches anyway. So this, you know, this entire conversation. Mm. Oh, a civilized it's, country, but they can't apparently drink and attend games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who has the problem? Well, there you go. There you go. Not no. us. No. No. So tail- tailgating doesn't happen, but um, but amateur violence does. Okay. Well, How do you in- feel about uh, Gloss Vegas and singer-songwriter James Allen? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> don't know who that is. You don't know who that is? Uh, I don't know who that is. This is when you kind of astound me by knowing more about, <laughs> like, you know, my culture. Because you're the type of person that kind of comes up and you go, you do your research. This is, I'm getting this straight from BBC Scotland. I just assumed oh, right. that was, like, on the ticker tape of your TV as soon as you wake up in the mornings. And you, like, wave your hands, minority report style, and say, show me the news for the day. I am just trying to stay away from the news. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's great for depressing. It's pretty depressing. All right. Well, that's all I got, Jerry. Take over. 
Oh, well, that Las Vegas thing kind of <laughs> kind of fell flat, did it? <laughs> oh. Not no. <laughs> oh, do you know Las Vegas? Singer-songwriter James Allen? Yeah, it's like immediately in Las Vegas is like they're like they're like they're Green Day, it looks like. Uh, I was thinking Pixies. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it, it's not I'm not sure. Okay, so we don't know him. We don't know him. Well, we did put forth uh on our uh, actually put forth twice on our Facebook group if anybody had any questions for you. Um there weren't many. The answer is no. Were, the answer is no because they don't know who. Because they don't know who I am. Ben, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask because you recently had Mike Delisio on. Yes. So Moving when you put the same question on your Facebook channel for Mike Delisio, did you were you inundated with questions? Yes. But then again, Mike Delisio is a polarizing and controversial figure in board gaming. Uh, so mostly due to his previous lifestyle. Yes, and so a lot, <laughs> a lot there were a lot of questions, many of them inappropriate. Uh, Most of them from Florida. Yeah. Well, he is, he is in Florida now, isn't he? Yeah. So He's a f- I guess one of the questions is, what's a decent guy like you living in Florida for? Yeah, it, I mean, that would be one of my questions. Well, that, you know, unless he's not not a decent man in the first place. That Dice Tower money attracts people to do all sorts of weird things. And so... Uh, he, well, he's got his own OnlyFans now, hasn't he? He does. He does. He, he calls himself and Mr. He's got, Delicio. He's got some... And he does... He turns tricks. He's got some powerful quads, if you've ever seen him. Mm. <laughs> I seen. I remember. I've seen his feet. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> it was just. It was just a birthday photo. It was a photograph of what he was doing on his birthday. And there was a definitely those little pixies were there. Yeah, it was what he was doing yeah, on his birthday. It was like, oh, yeah. I didn't realize it was like so. I it's saw obviously that. I, our birthday as well says. <laughs> I saw that same video. It was Mike Delisio just peeling a banana using only his feet. It was quite disturbing. <laughs> uh, it's like, here's a man, you know he can probably play solo board games by having himself play the other player and use his feet in order to move the other components from the other people. <laughs> That's how dexterous he is. And at the same time, all you hear on the side is the jing, jing, jing as the money's coming in from the OnlyFans account. <laughs> Does he shave his toes or not? That's the big question. Do you? I mean, here's an interesting question. Why would you ask another guy if he would shave his toes? I mean, come well, on. come on, go, Gabby. If you, I just want to, if you I were, I thought we all question. did. I like, you know, I only have hairless cats. Just saying. Well, <laughs> well, Gabby, if you were a fan. A fan's only on uh, Mike Delisio's YouTube channel getting off on the wrong foot. You would know the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's get to our questions quickly from our fans on Facebook before okay. we go down deeper into this already uh, dark <laughs> no. pit of Board despair. Board game snobs giving us a cease and desist by <laughs> Dice Tower. <laughs> yes. Please quit discussing the feet of our content creators. Mm. I, th- I think it's a good way. It's, a, it's an it's an untapped market. It is. It truly I, is. Look, look at it this way. Okay, here's here's just as a quick aside. You look up Mike Delisio on Google. The next thing that comes up is feet. Well, that is true. But I'm just thinking. Okay, now now just bear with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do all content? What do all board game content videos have in common? Hands. All you see. 
all you see is from the waist, all you see is from the waist up, every single time. All you see is from the waist up. You don't know if these people are, you know, shirt cocking it, you know, just wearing absolutely nothing underneath, if they're breezy, if they're going in with, like, boiler suit type thing. And I think there is a strong, a strong reason for having a channel which is based on what do my feet do while I play? Just and just, <laughs> and just see see where you go with it. <laughs> I would just think... I feel like you're kind of like feeling this area out to see if that's your next step. I think at the moment, anything... <laughs> <laughs> well, has to be considered. Well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. Uh, I'd like to question. I know you. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. I think that would be terrific. One of our fans asked uh, Ben uh, Ben Joseph asked Braveheart hmm. discuss. So, what are your we thoughts on wow. Braveheart? We did that the first time we were on his show. We did. Yeah, we talked about. We did mention, but anyway, for Ben, thank you for your question, Ben. We appreciate. The time that you've taken to put together a two-word question for me, so I'm going to heart. I'm going to discuss. I'm going to answer. It. Um, in all honesty, Braveheart was a cracking film at the time. I mean, I walk. I, I was hyper violent, hyper real. It really g'd up people. People enjoyed it. I have nothing against it. It literally inflated our tourism market. By ridiculous amounts. I mean, people literally started booking holidays to Scotland and to Edinburgh, and especially to Stirling, where it where it takes where it took place. Overnight, the tourism industry. In fact, they actually they had enough money. They rebuilt the entire kind of Battle of Bannockburn kind of visitor centre. So yeah, I mean, is it is it a terribly cheesy? Are there parts of it so? Blatantly untrue. It's ridiculous. Did William Wallace speak fifty-two languages? You know, could he turn himself into an armored bear? None of this is true. <laughs> however, right, star can. However, um, it was it was a fun film at the time. You know, and uh, you know, obviously Mel did his best to hide all these racist tendencies, which is pretty good. Um, and then from there. I mean, if you can name, you know, the the films that Mister Gibson did after Braveheart were. Subsequent car crashes, pretty much. Lethal uh, weapons that, three through seven. Well, yeah. Well, Mel went on that kick like right after Braveheart of doing like all those historical or periodic sh- movies that mm-hmm. were all hyper violent and basically trying to recapture that Braveheart fame. Yeah, and it just never it just didn't work because it was was a, it was Apocalypto, which um, Apocalypto, which was about Aztec times i believe in the mayan time and then there was also there was the passion which was probably one of the most disturbing films i have ever seen here is somebody who because normally i don't want to take us down a religious track but normally when you're talking about the christian faith they're kind of they they kind of hang away from what happened you know how much the man was kind of tortured and stuff like that mel gibson's like it was almost like the hostile version. <laughs> you know, he was right. He was right in there. At the end of it, you're like, wow, no wonder the guy was like, kind of going, right, you can take me now, Dad. <laughs> can I go home? Can I go home? Because before, you were always given the impression he was like given a stern talking to by Pontius Pilate. 
And then he was like, he had a little nice little hat to put on and that was him. He was hanging about. Then he went, right, I'm going. Finished. I'm done. I've never watched it because I heard it was rough. It's a rough, rough film. I prefer Bird on a Wire. I know why you like Bird on a Wire and which specific two minutes of it. (laughs) (laughs) Any other questions from the Facebook group? Besides, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, Scott Hill asks, who are you and what do you do? But Scott Hill is not asking that in a sarcastic way. He actually means that. He's probably wanting to know who you really are, Richard, and what your occupation is. Like, who is your soul? Like, what does your soul tell you to do? Hmm. My job is my job is very dark and very complex, and has been round for many, many. No, I'm very. It's very boring. I I help businesses that sell on Amazon. You help businesses sell on Amazon. I help businesses that sell on Amazon. So businesses that sell on Amazon Mm -hmm. come to me and say we're having trouble with Amazon, or we want to sell on Amazon. Can you help us? And that's what I do. And so how do it's you all do that. It's all your advice. Just make videos of your products of people using their feet to move them around. Or I'm assuming that was an insult, but you broke up a bit. <laughs> you broke out a little bit. So if that was, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of concerned. We just missed out an absolute comedy gold. There. <laughs> no, you didn't. Sure so you're good. <laughs> so, like, what do you do? You like? So, what do you do? It I helps. Mean, that's- you it's, help businesses on Amazon, but how? Amazon's a complex beast. Yeah, it know. is a very, very, it is a very, very complex beast, and how it operates. Because at the end of the day, it's got one thing and one thing that it wants to do, which is to make Amazon the dominating thing of any landscape whatsoever, and it does this by how it controls how people sell on its platform. And it does this by everything from controlling what people can actually list on its platform to controlling the information that is on its platform as well in terms of each of its products. And if you list on, okay, I'll give you an idea. If you list on your website, okay, and say you were listing like this cup, which is brilliant for podcasting, but it's a white cup. It's got a couple of birds on it. Um... Clearly a wingspan cut. It says, it says in a tweet, tweet, right? And if I listed that on, say, my cut. website, and if, if I wanted to change the description on it, I could just go into my website and change the description. However, if I was listing that product on Amazon and if I wanted to go ahead and change that description on Amazon, it would either go through straight away or it would take weeks for it to go through. And for a lot of businesses, that's just going to be incredibly difficult for them to sort out. So... They don't have the time to do it, so they come back and they ask me to do it for them. And it's incredibly, you know, I help people. I'm so, kind of like the MacGyver of marketplaces. I just assume, it, like, when that cup needs some reviews, it's Richard going on there under 100 pseudonyms, leaving five-star reviews. No, you can't do that because you've got verified We take your silence as reviews. affirmation of that. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty until proven innocent kind of thing. I like how this is going. You can't do that because that's a fair. Because this is horrible. Because I'm going to end up getting extremely difficult and bringing my job into it. I don't mean to. It's terrible. I don't mean to. I'm sorry. Oh wait, board game snobs got Richard Simpson fired from his Amazon job. (laughs) That's fine. 
I'm com- I'm comfortable with that. He's you got know, his Patreon. I'd have stern going, words so. if I met Mr. Bezos. I'd, I'd have a couple of stern words for him. So do you, <laughs> and it's, do you work from home? Yeah, that's awesome. This is my office. This is my office. I wish I could work from home. Can I get your job? Not your job, yeah. but a similar type job. Yeah, of course you can. But it's going to take. It it will probably take a long time for you to learn. People come to me not because. People come to me because it's like the usual thing is because it takes them five hours to do something that it takes me and then basically half an hour to do. That's that's the long and the short of it. People get so annoyed and so frustrated with what try to run their online businesses that you just say, look, if I give you this money, will you sort it out for me? Nine times out of ten, I can do that. I thought the long it's and the short was the name of your fans only account. <laughs> And it's only fans, not fans. <laughs> it's the same. This is this is Gobby trying to try to cover the fact he's got his own one, which is do you know what I mean he's had to he's obviously had to kind of like um, he's obviously had to tone it down a bit and do something else because he used to be you know greased up truckers, mm-hmm. and he's had to cancel that because he obviously doesn't get out anytime. He can't have him hanging out the side with his arm kind of hanging out going check out these guns. Check out my tats. Bald head, bald toes. That's the name of my account. <laughs> it's just a picture of you. You just like a highlight reel is just you like standing there going, shaved. <laughs> All right. Can we uh, discuss how Rick Moranis was assaulted in Manhattan? Yeah, yeah. 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 Do, is Rick Moranis a big deal there in Scotland? Um, Rick Moranis is member of the. Um, no, he's not. He's not knighted or anything. No, he's like everybody. He kind of disappeared. You know, I mean, he did Ghostbusters 2, and quite rightly, he should have disappeared after that film because it was terrible. Um, but and, space yeah, and then And then he became some kind of legend because he did what a lot of other actors <laughs> didn't do, which is to go, okay, I've had some family thing. I'm just going to disappear off for like 20-odd years and sort my family out. And a lot of actors would... Wouldn't have done that. They would have like been on their PR agent and seen if they could turn it into some kind of publicity. And then he just disappeared. And then he was like, oh, when's Rick Moranis coming back? And he was okay. But they made him into some kind of big thing. But it, but it was really bad what happened to him. I mean, I don't know how though. How old is the guy? Was he in his... He's in the 70s. Is he in his 70s? Yes. Wow. I've seen the kind of the jokes going about because of your... um your supreme leader's kind of current situation and people going, you know, kind of going, I was shocked what I heard when I heard about kind of like what's happened and, you know, um, and I, I, I haven't always agreed with him and, and, but I do kind of wish Rick Moranis a speedy recovery. So I've seen that a few. <laughs> uh, okay. I've seen I'm that. Wrong. He's I've 60, seen that a few times. He's 67 apparently. I thought it was in the 70s. I thought he was in his 70s as well. It says 67, wow. at least according to yahooentertainment.com. The source Well, I mean, if it's, if, it's not, if it's not Yahoo, it just isn't true. I mean, that's, that's the slogan. So you've quit your podcast. You focused mm-hmm. more on YouTubing. Um, How do you find things going? Are you enjoying it? Do you miss the podcast? You, you have other. Sh- uh, is it table? You have another show that's on your network now. I have various different shows which are on the network because this was um, presented <coughs> by We're Not Werewolves Wizards. Something. <laughs> it's good to see that you've remembered the name <laughs> of the show, Gabby. I really, 
I really appre I really appreciate that. And I'm definitely not gonna ask you how many fingers I'm holding up. Oh, I see one. Um it's coming up very slowly. <laughs> that's right. You should that's shave right. that finger. No, I am um, I did for you. Um and no, I decided to what did I decide to do? I decided that I had this hosting space and it was sitting there and it wasn't doing anything and I thought, how can I be helpful to the community? How can I um how can I help people reach the same levels of failure that I had? And so I said, you know, if people if people wanted to kinda have their show, if they had their show and they wanted to try and reach at least another three listeners, then I would take their show and I would host it on my network. And I've been doing that. So there's been a few You're being overly been, modest. You have connections with many, many uh well-known people in the board game industry as modest as you may try to be you interviewed a lot of folks everyone knows you your modesty is not accepted here is what i'm saying (laughs) that's not true no i just wanted to help i mean there's a lot of people out there that are in the same that were in the same position as myself and they're trying to get their names out there and they're trying to get their faces out there and i just said to you look if you've got a show I've got the hosting there. It's running along. It's going to run whether or not you do something or not. And I just offered like a few people if they wanted to take up the show. So next week we've got, I think we've got, well, over the next couple of weeks, we've got another two or three people who are going to be different backgrounds, different types of shows, and we're going to be kind of hosting them. You know, I, I've obviously, I didn't offer you guys because I I saw your download figures and I went, you know what, nah. <laughs> giving these guys, not giving these guys, you're giving these guys nothing. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Just on that. Okay. Why? Why do you think? Why do you think that the bigger guys are so secretive about how many downloads that they get? Is it because board game media itself is in a bit of a bubble? And actually, if we, if we published our download figures, everybody would be like, oh, well, actually, it's not as it's not as big as everybody thought. Or would it be the usual that there'd be a massive gap between, like, the top two and three and kind of like everybody else? I think it's else? a massive gap. I, I think it's a little of both. I do think that the, the top ones, such as Shut Up and Sit Down and The Secret Cabal, I think their, their numbers are quite high. And there is a massive mm-hmm. gap between that league and then, you know, like the mid-tier people. And I think that that would be very glaring to some. But also, I think the numbers of people who play board games would consider themselves board gamers. And the amount of people that listen to podcasts or even board game media is quite low. I, I, yeah. I, I think that's something that's kind of shocked me by surprise. Shocked me by surprise. Shocked, song. shocked you. But it took me by surprise, but it took me by surprise, I must say, when I heard you want to stay, don't you know that I heard it through the YouTubes, cause I only got 16 views, oh no. (laughs) I think you missed your calling as uh, Eminem's uh, opponent rapper. I used to be, um, I used to be a rapper, I used to be a freestyle rapper. No, I'm not gonna. No, no, I'm not just gonna all of a sudden just pick up a beat and start flowing at you because that wouldn't be great. <laughs> and you'd be basking in my brilliance. There, there, there is no way that you were an actual rapper, a Scottish rapper. What was your rapping name? Why? Huh? What was your rapper name? 
it was actually surprisingly enough it was um slim slim shady um and i got you must imagine how annoyed i was when that detroit boy turned up with his album and called himself slim shady and i was like well i'm back to the drawing board because we're the same age me and eminem we're the same age and i'm just thinking can because you get to that point in your life and i don't know if you've already passed that jerry where you've got to that point in your life and you're like I'm starting to look for stories on the internet to find out where people have been successful above a certain <laughs> age. Because <laughs> you always you look is, at the Harrison Ford one, don't you? Yeah, no. Yeah, he's Harrison Ford. I look at Harrison Ford to see what he looks like at my age. I'm like, oh my God, I'm disgusting. <laughs> I'm like somebody farted <laughs> on an amoeba. <laughs> Through a straw. It's like Harrison Ford was like, at peak Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones at 43. And look at me. I'm a flat blob of a man. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a dis- I'm disgusted with myself. I'm not even fit to be one of the Nazis that he killed, basically, in any of the films. I'm not I'm not I'm not good enough to even be shot. <laughs> you wouldn't be <laughs> You wouldn't be Vermont Schultz soldier number two. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do that. I'd love to. Do you know what I mean? Because imagine if you got punched by him. It was like, would you wash your face? Because I don't. I don't think it's like. I think at that type of thing, it's like my wife will see Harrison Ford, and she'll just look at me every single time this happens. She goes, "He's a good-looking guy, isn't he?" And it's like, well, what do you expect me to do? <laughs> what do you? What do you want me to do with this information? She goes, "He's, he's a gorgeous-looking man." I says, "Yeah, I know." I don't know what you want me to do with this. Do you want me to go and have, you know... You need to go save the Holy Grail, clearly. I I had I walked past Harrison Ford. He was within arm's length of me, and I can certainly say that he looks as good in person as he does in film. Of course, of course he does. Yes. He, he, he he is, is, of course he does. He's a manly man. There's no, there's no two ways about it. He was back in the day where there wasn't, there wasn't an awful lot of CGI kicking about in this post-production stuff. You know, there's a rugged... There's a rugged handsomeness that you get. There's only one other person that has that kind of rugged, kind of handsome, kind of... And the thing with Harrison Ford is he's rugged, but he's rugged, handsome, but he's also, there's a certain amount of beauty to him as well. Do you know what I mean? He's a kind of a good-looking man, but not in a kind of a rough and rugged, in some ways he is, but he's a kind of, he could be a statue as a man, and people would appreciate that statue. And I don't know, this is sounding very strange. But you got off the downloads conversation real quick, is all I'm going to say. I'm just going to say Tom Hardy, and I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> I like Tom Hardy. I like Tom I'm just going to I'm just going to, you know, I mean, it's just like, if he's going to be Bond, Bond just got himself another fan. Yeah. I just like how he just buries himself in every role and gives himself a weird voice. But yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, what's no, wrong? He's acting. I said I like it. He's acting. Not like him. Um, I mean, I know you like get into the kind of the acting thing, and it's like um, we were talking when we were the last time we were talking. We were talking about Sean Connery. Sean Connery isn't an actor. King of all Scots. How dare you? He's not an act. He doesn't act. It's the same way that I saw. Was it? I caught some of Casino the other night. Um, Richard Robert. And I De Niro? saw Joe Pesci. Uh, Joe Pesci's not an actor. Joe Pesci just he just plays the same character. <laughs> Kind of every time. Whereas Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy kind of really kind of, he kind of gets into it. If you were to, like, who was one of your favorite actors? Tom Hardy uh-huh. and who else? Yeah. 
Tom Hardy would be up there. I mean, if you're looking for people that like really get into roles, it's like Daniel Day-Lewis. I just find him a bit kind of, um, I just, he's in the kind of the Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. kind of thing. Where he's kind of the, he's kind of like, he goes about saying, I remember was he was method acting for gangs in New York and he ended up refusing to take medication and he almost died because he caught some kind of chest infection. I was just like, what are you doing, you actual idiot? Do you know the story about... He's using leeches to draw his blood. (laughs) Do you know the story about Dustin Hoffman Uh and uh, Laurence Olivier? Uh I do not. And they were in the film called called Marathon Man. And... um, they were just talking, because obviously, as everyone's aware, Dustin Hoffman's pure method. He's like Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like your man, um, Russell Crowe. his face. Crowe's like that. He's also like Jared Leto as well. You know, he really, really kind of gets into the character. So Dustin Hoffman's sitting down with Laurence Olivier, the old school kind of treading the boards guy that played the dad and the jazz singer and everything like that. And he's telling him about all the things that he went to to get into the character for, like, you know, the pain and everything, like the the whole marathon man thing. And Laurence Olivier just turned around to him and says, you should try acting, darling. It's so much easier. And just... (laughs) (laughs) Mike dropped it and just... Laurence Olivier, famous for? He was famous for jazz. He was famous for... One of his big things was the jazz singer. He played the dad... In the jazz singer, I believe. He played Neil Diamond's dad. I know I know the name, and I know that I know the movies. He's like one of those famous old school movie stars. He was a bigger he was a bigger Shakespearean actor. He was a huge Shakespearean actor. There's some movie about a Russian. Or a Russian name. Uh, it's not Hunt for Red October, because that goes back to oh. flipping Sean Connery again. <laughs> Where's it you're saying you're from, Captain? <laughs> I'm I'm from St. Petersburg. <laughs> <laughs> and we can tell by your northern St. Petersburg accent. <laughs> exactly. I'm a big fan of the Glasgow Rangers. Lawrence <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Olivier was in Spartacus, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's where I'm remembering him from. Was it Lawrence Olivier? I thought it was. Uh, Spartacus was like one of my dad's favorite movies. And that that whole, you know, the Douglas clan and anything that's got Michael or Kirk in it, I've got to watch it. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, you have, you are kind of sporting kind of the similar here. I, I've been told. As Kirk Douglas. I've been, I've been told me and Kirk Douglas have that same strong jawline, killer smile. There is that. Yeah, it just works uh, out. You're almost, you're almost there. Almost. Maybe there. not the smile. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Get the teeth sorted. So when you uh, when you decided mm-hmm. to drop the We're Not Wizards podcast, which we were thankfully the last ones we had, we closed out your show, episode. 400. You did, yeah, was, pretty much. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it pretty was much. Great. Why after 400 episodes did you decide to shut it off? It's a mixture of the pandemic. I think you know. I don't think people were sure what the hell was going on with it. Whether things were going to shut down or. Things were going to continue, if Kickstarters were still going to be going, if people were going to be doing fulfillment. And a lot of people had more things on their mind. And I don't think I had so many cancellations or postponements in that kind of time over the year than I had before. People were kind of like, oh, I just, I'm going to have to put it off or I'm going to have to put it back. And, 
you know, and people weren't as keen to get on because it's like, it's kind of like what's important, big things and little things. And I think um, while people were adjusting, the thought of coming on and saying, yeah, let's talk about my game of pushing little pieces of plastic around a bigger bit of cardboard just actually doesn't matter for anything. So people earned pers- people uh, learned perspective and quit your show. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think people kind of... Um, Kenneth thought, well, if I am going to die soon, do I want to be remembered for this or some piece of greatness? And they went, God, I could, I could go on this show and I could then pass away, and then that would be it. That would be the thing I'd be remembered for, would be on that Richard show. And I don't know if that's one of these. So people just, they just cancelled and went straight away. And you know, I, I respect them for doing. I respect eighty eight percent of them for doing that. Um, the other people that cancelled on me. That's what I say. <laughs> nope. Do you have, uh, this is a cliche question, but do you have a favorite episode or episodes or like somebody that surprised you or anything like that? Because you've interviewed, you've had what, 400 and something episodes? 406. 406 episodes. 406 in total. I mean, it's steadily climbing because obviously we're adding more ones to the full, but yeah. So, like, I know you said you like you had some people down there just to promote their Kickstarters. That kind of is like something that you weren't, you know, it's like, okay, I'll have you on to help you out. But is there somebody that you had on that, like, you were maybe even kind of like surprised they said yes, and then when they came on, you were, I don't know, that you like enjoyed a lot? Um, Jamie Stegmeyer was surprisingly an enthusiastic person to have on the show. And he was one of the first kind of bigger names that came on the show. So he was quite happy to come on and have a chat. And he was kind of, he was very personable and he was very kind of, um, he was kind of came across as relatively quite genuine and genuinely interested to talk and didn't really have anything that he wanted to talk about. He was more, he was, he actually asked me, and this took me by surprise, took me by surprise i must say um he asked me some questions while we were ch- talking so it was a kind of a proper conversation and when you get that it sometimes it kind of takes you aback so that was a pretty that was a pretty decent one i loved i mean i always liked chatting to um john gilmore i, I had him on a couple of times but there was i mean there was chats you had with people that you just had a i just had a really really funny fun time one of the last ones i had uh, which was probably one of my favorites was one of the ones with Ma- um, monique from the girls oh, games yeah that was a good shelf. one i remember that one because it was something about just the raw enthusiasm and the niceness and she generally she wasn't there to promote they weren't in there to promote anything they didn't have a, an agenda to come on it wasn't anything like that but in fairness i have had Lots of people say that one of their favorite episodes that they had was the one with you on, you both on it. That makes sense. I don't know why that was. Uh. No idea. I have no idea how that was. I have no idea how that was. I think it was just because we were just talking nonsense. I think we just spent an hour just talking. There was no board game. I don't think we talked about board games. Yeah. Sometimes I have a hard time, like, well, because I edit most of our stuff, like I have to, li- I have to listen to us on a regular basis. So when we go on another show, I, it's like I'm curious as to how it sounds in product, but sometimes I don't want to because it's like I don't know. I'm just 
very low self-esteem anyway. So where I love listening to us and I think we sound great. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I was going to ask you this, Richard, but do you listen? Did you listen, re-listen to your own podcasts or is that every so- single one? Okay. I'm the same way. I, every, every single, single one. one I every single one without fail. Every single one. And the, the reason for that was because there was genuine, there's genuine exchanges that you miss in the editing process because you're editing. You're looking for the editing process is you're looking for ums and ahs and potential mistakes. Yeah. And in the listen back, you're just enjoying the situation for the conversation that happened. And there is some stuff where I am absolutely hilarious. Obviously not on this <laughs> particular show. But there are some things where you're going to go, I can't even, I don't even know how, where my mind was at that time where we've switched from me talking about this to me bringing in this and, and kind of doing it that way. And, you know, and I'm generally pleased with what I did. I'm very proud of what I achieved. Well, yeah, you were, your podcast was the the mahogany of the podcast world, so to speak, with all the board game podcasts out there. You, no one else did the long form discussion type podcast everybody you know quickly had people on their show and discussed solely games and yours was was quite different why did you decide to go to youtube why did you go from having this long standing podcast to a fledgling youtube channel um to learn new skills i mean that's the long and the short the long and the short of it was that um i've always been kind of interested in finding out how things work and I'm always interested in finding out how the podcasting thing kind of working was very interesting for me. And the YouTube thing is taking it to kind of like an extra kind of technical level because you're then looking at um, you're then looking at lighting, you're looking at presentation, you're looking at kind of um, running with a script, doing different scenes, cutting kind of B-roll together actually putting everything together and compared to like a podcast video is extremely extremely difficult uh, much more difficult and anybody that says to me they're a video editor I mean I, I um, on occasion I speak to Jesse from Quack, Quackalope on occasion and that boy is like a machine and when somebody says to me oh you worked really hard Richard you were putting out kind of like two three podcasts a week and I'm like that is absolutely nothing Compared to somebody who's putting out two or three videos a week, because they're they're doing they're doing six hour shifts to get that to get that stuff sorted out, basically. That video editing is much. I've done a very little of it in the past, and I realized that at one point in time we had talked about having a YouTube channel. And Gobby had you know Gobby always says you know that's that's where the listeners are at. That's where you you'll you'll get get the audience if you you know kind of pick up on YouTube, and that's true. You you can kind of find a an audience easier with YouTube than you can with podcasting, it seems. But the work and the effort put into it, it, and I've always felt like podcasting was more personal, whereas with YouTube was more towards entertainment and informative, which is kind of the the shift that you've made with your videos. Your videos tend to be more towards the entertainment side of it, with your little skits at the beginning and, and, and the workup of it. That's a really difficult battle. To be honest, because I watch, I watch a lot of YouTubers, yeah, and it was to get an idea of what was kind of out there and what would be fun and stuff like that. And there's videos of me kind of like just kind of da da da. This is game. This is how game plays. This is what I think a game. 
and I look back on them and I absolutely hate them. And I really, really hate them. I don't want to bring them down, but they've got none of me. And then there's one of those that, you know, there's ones out there that I, I'm really quite proud of because I think you have to approach... I know we talked about board game media being one of these things where it's got like a small audience. And because it's got a small audience, there's not an awful lot of people out there. It's like there's there's literally... Do you know what I found out about board game media is that the loudest people in board game media are the people that make board game media because the actual people that consume board game media are a relatively quiet and silent majority and don't generally make their choices or their feelings known on media in a public place. They will devour your content or they will not devour your content. And unless you go ahead and foster a big community, you'll very rarely kind of get feedback. People will either, because there's so many people making uh, making stuff out there, They'll just vote with their feet and they'll go somewhere else. They're not necessarily going to tell you why why they don't want to, to watch yourself or listen to yourself as well, which is kind of interesting. There's such a small, and I've realized this with our own podcast, there's such a small percentage and it, it just goes, it dwindles down and down and down and down. You can have a certain amount of viewers or listeners the amount of those viewers and or listeners that then decide to interact with you is such a minute percentage. It's really crazy. You could have, I've looked at some people that have thousands of followers on Instagram. I mean, they might have a hundred likes on an Instagram post Mm -hmm. or people that have, you know, so many views, thousands of views on YouTube. They may have, you know, 10% 10% of those actually comment or less on the video. It's just strange. It's like, for me, it's like, I feel, cause I've always been one of those people that if I like something, I, I interact with the people. I will text, tweet, you know, whatever to say, oh, I really like this show, blah, blah, blah. But that is a very minor amount of people. It's a very small percentage. And that can be discouraging for people that are actually doing quite well but the amount of feedback is way less than you would think it would be. Oh, the interact! I think the interactivity is is terrible in certain things because it's not. I don't think it's easy. It's not necessarily an easy thing to kind of do. And I think the worst. I think one of the worst places for kind of interaction is surprisingly enough is Twitter. I think that's a dreadful place for interaction. Pot calling the kettle black. You've got a famous tweet that's been loved by like over a hundred thousand people. Yeah, I know, but also at the same time, that has not brought me anything whatsoever <laughs> apart from. They didn't put any dollars in his pocket, Jerry. That's what he's concerned about. That's what about. it comes down to. I mean, I wanted Kashurgan. <laughs> I wanted cash. I wanted Mula. I wanted change. You know what I mean? I wanted to be rolling. And you're not. Well, they hating. And that just didn't happen. Mm. But then on the other side of it, okay, I've got 6,400 followers on Twitter, okay? I put out... We if have, I put we have out 300. A on a, well, exactly. But then, okay, well, here's a, here's, a good, here's a good measurement of it, yeah? Okay. I bet you... I'll, I'll even... Let me just put some money on the table. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> what, kind, what is Scottish money called? Charms? It's the same as UK money. It's all the same. It's pounds? And put some money... I'm not gonna give you something that folds because you don't deserve it. <laughs> Binfo's five. But don't you don't you have like fifty pound coins? Don't have fifty pound coins. We're not like some kind of like. There you go. There's a. There's that is literally probably about ninety cents. What is it? Why is it blue in the center? That's a pretty coin. It's a pretty coin. 
It's a nice coin, isn't it? This is for, <laughs> and for the, the members of the audience. I am currently showing exhibit CZY, which is the pound coin that was used to Is that Queen Elizabeth? That, yeah, that's the Queen. Yeah, free Luba. Oh. Um, anyway. Um, no, anyway, my point was, right, you said you've got like, what, 300 followers on Twitter, and I got 6,000 whatever, okay? I can guarantee that you have always had more downloads than me in terms of the podcast, regardless of the number of times I've put out kind of, here's our new podcast episode. Because in relation to interactivity, Twitter is not a place where you foster a community. Twitter is a place where you shout and scream about things that are annoying you and then you get sympathy. Like, so you get sympathy interact interactives or you get, or you get the, what I call the, you okay, hun? <laughs> kind of responses to your kind of completely ambiguous flipping tweet about that's it I've had enough of this I can't take any more there's no way I'm going to be putting syrup there again and people are going what? all the Canadians what are, are going about? what are you talking about <clears throat> as long as it's as long as it's maple syrup it's fine eh <laughs> um, I, I have found with our audience and I have been shocked by how much interaction that we actually get yeah. Um, I think it's mainly also from our, our emails and our Facebook group, but we have a lot of interactions with our fans. And I think it's because the type of podcast we do either resonates with people or it completely turns them off and they leave. So you either listen to us once or you listen to us to a hundred, a hundred times. Either you're We're polarizing. Or. That's what you would say. We're polarizing. That's because like literally all of our, our, uh, uh, on Apple, you know, you can rate people. We're either fives or ones. <laughs> no, there's no in between. Yeah, I just put the one. I put the one in there just to get you down a bit because I was looking at these guys and I was like, look, they're cruising away and they're look at their both little cute little faces and I'm just like that going. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna mark the, I'm gonna mark them down because they deserve it. Um, your commute. No, I mean, this is my issue with the podcast or the podcast that I had was. If people didn't recognize the name, they weren't necessarily going to listen. And that's where I was with things. Were you guys, and this is why I really like, um, I really like listening to as much of the podcast as I can, um, is it's kind of like getting in from work and sticking the, kind of getting the shoes off and getting a nice cup of coffee and a little biscuit and putting on kind of your show. And it's not, a thinky thing. I don't have to be sitting there and dissecting stuff. You guys aren't always having big, deep kind of conversations. It's kind of like Rarely, your podcast. Well, <laughs> your podcast can kind of wash over me like a stream of effluent. <laughs> You're saying our podcast requires no thought. You're welcome. I'm saying that your podcast <laughs> is like is like somebody coming up to you and saying. I know your day was a bit tough today. Hey, buddy. I know you had a tough day okay. today, but we're going to be here for you. You can just sit down, relax, grab yourself a nice cold I one. Just, I just want to let you know that I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But no, yeah. it's not. But you talk about games and then you bring it into the conversation and it's obviously you're enjoying so much of what you're doing in the conversation that there's something quite lovely of it and there doesn't come across as like some kind of alter ulterior motive there's so there's a lot of shows out there where you know that they're doing this to build an empire 
in the podcast is just part of they're ticking the podcast button because they know that they have to put a podcast out there and I've heard very successful channels and their podcast out and it's like oh you could tell you couldn't could tell you couldn't be arsed this week basically you could tell you couldn't be bothered this month and you just had to tick the box in the podcast because it's part of your Patreon kind of thing whereas you guys I think if you guys couldn't be bothered recording for that week if you were sitting there and going well you know I'm feeling a bit crap let's not bother this week let's catch up again the following week and you do it when you could like you were feeling about it as opposed to kind of doing it out of a sense of obligation and I think people kind of really appreciate that and when you're talking about games it's not necessarily because you've been sent a game to cover so you have to cover it so there's an obligation there you're covering this game because it's like well, this has actually interested us and we've decided to have a conversation about it. I think that's really important. That's true because no one sends us games. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't understand. I never get, I never understand. I mean, we're on, we're on a list to get games. Put us, put us on that list whenever you're adding yourself to that list. I'd love to get you on that list. Uh, we have requested games. I think the only you can correct me if I'm wrong. We may have been sent one other. The only game that was just sent to us without us even asking was Tasty Minstrels Chrono Corsairs, which we scalded with a scathing review because it was terrible. Well, Maybe that's I, why we don't get sit review copies. I, don't I, know. I, I do say that we have given. Yeah, we're 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 not the the best when it comes to giving games middle of the road or good reviews. We we tend to. It, it, I, if I, I, I kept, I've kept a list of like the games that have been sent to us, and it seems like every one that gets sent to us, we we are just we hate on. But we do get games from like 25th century games. We've actually gotten several good games from Chad Elkins, who's a but he's a he's a fan. He's a he's a mm. good guy and somebody I interact with. But I, I understand your point, and we've had some episodes where we've been kind of we've been kind of. Uh, tired or worn out but we decided you know we have to do a podcast just because this is this is a therapeutic thing for us just as it is entertaining this is the time for which me and gobby get together and this is our this is the kickback and hang out and this is something we truly enjoy doing and we don't really have a motive behind it of trying to put out certain review or 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 get yeah. listeners and, and i think that that certainly adds to it with with your YouTube channel, and this is something that I have wondered, you, I've watched your videos here, and especially the last several have been particularly high quality. You, you're you're known in the industry. Why don't uh, surely there's got to be a network out there for which you could join that would you know perhaps even something that puts out a variety of YouTube videos every uh, breakfast time. That you could somehow be involved in. Have you ever thought of that? I, I don't know. I mean, where would you even venture to find such a tower? <laughs> a dark tower. Of the industry. Of dis No, it's not a dark tower. It's got to be a fun tower and it's some kind of fun You know, you know, um, and this is the truth, is I don't want to be part of something where there's an ongoing obligation. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a real... I have a, I have a real, I kind of, I, I like to, and I guess this is why it kind of came back to like 
do we have an ongoing do I have an ongoing co-host that goes with me and I think you know going forward if we came back then that would be something that we'd be doing would I want to be part of something where there was then becoming an obligation I don't know I'm not sure because then if you don't feel like it if you can't be arsed doing it if you're sitting there going you know I can't sum up the energy I've recorded I've recorded an entire video and then I have scrapped and deleted that <laughs> video and walked away from it and just went because it didn't work because there was something missing which is really funny because a lot of the stuff I, I've, I've looked at what I've done I've kind of went why did you put that live but it's a kind of a double-edged sword because <laughs> because I'm not going to put something out there unless I'm happy with it but also at the same time I also put out stuff out there which I'm not sure other people are going to appreciate do you know what I mean well I know what you mean but at the same time you, just, you still have to you do your best. I think you have to do it. You have to. I think you have to do it. I think you have to do it. I think if you have to break, because I don't know. I understand. Like, there's some really, really good channels out there and they do some really, really great things, but I don't see a huge difference between what a huge amount of people are doing. And I see it as a dangerous template for a lot of people that are starting out that you see new people coming in starting out and they're all sitting in front of their pile of games and they're all talking about their games and they've all had to invest in a lot of equipment beforehand so they've got to have to go out buy their lighting rig they've had to buy their lav mics they've had to buy a decent you know get a decent phone or a decent camera in order to even kind of make it do and then i'm just like but then they just seem to be doing the same the same old same old nothing original is what you're saying what i'm saying is it's difficult to take a it's difficult to take a i put a question out on board game on the board game group on facebook i just said what do you prefer do you prefer do you prefer reviews to be entertaining or do you just prefer them to be the straight kind of things and it kind of went from people saying look um just do it man and see what happens to i've never ever watched a video that contains any kind of entertainment on it or I've never found a reviewer entertaining to which I was kind of like feeling like responding and why are you even watching them if you don't <laughs> I mean surely there has to be kind of like an entertainment element I mean I watch kind of Rodney Smith doing a watch it played or I watch before you play doing a watch it played because I like and I admire and I, f I find there's a certain level of entertainment kind of going from there but Again, these are silent. This is the silent majority. You've no idea what the silent majority kind of want because they're yeah. not kind of. Well, that's what I was thinking with your videos. I think I prefer. I'm not going to say prefer them, but in your podcast, as Jerry said on when we were on your show, you. I mean, you had your podcast, and you pretty much like dedicated that to letting other people come on and talk and shine. Mm -hmm. And while we did get glimpses into your personality, especially over 400 episodes, you kind of know who Richard Simpson is. But with your YouTube, you really get that. Especially just like your this last Marvel villainous one. I mean, you do, what, five to ten minutes of you doing voices for Thanos? It's just like four. Yeah, I mean, it's four I minutes. I mean, it's but just, it's like but it's quirky. It's your personality. It's your humor. And that's what lures people into... Like, that's why people end up liking certain things, because they like the personality behind them. That's why people like the Dice Tower, because they liked, oh, they liked the top 10, because it was Tom, mm -hmm. and who's, uh, Z, and 
uh, let's see, Mike Delisio now, he ousted out Sam Healy. That's right. So it was Mike, Z, and <laughs> Sam. So it's just... Using the word ousted. <laughs> so is that official now? It's, it's not uh, That's ousted, official. It? it was on our podcast. So, wow. uh, I mean, because that's when you really, yes, when they do a review, they talk about the game and the components and what they like to like, but the top 10, their personalities come out and those are the most downloaded ones is the top 10, yeah. the top fives, whatever yeah. their lists are and your videos, you put your personality in all your videos. You're talking about your numbers, but I think you just need to hang in there. I can't I, look. I can't buy a five thousand dollar camera, a ten thousand dollars. I'd be doing myself a disservice, yeah. If I didn't, if there wasn't a smackling of me, I can't sit there and and kind of like I'm a natural show off. I can't help it, and it's part of my character that you fight against, and you either fight against it and try and be like other people. But eventually what will happen is that if you try and follow the formula that isn't you, then eventually you'll get down to the point where it becomes like a job and you have to turn up. And if you ended up with like getting 10,000 subs and it was like, you know, three and a half thousand views every kind of episode and flipping, you know, and you had Simon on your door asking you to do sponsored videos and all these different kind of things coming at you. But you were finding them a, a chore to actually do where's the fun in that so my thought is like i'm just going to do these and i'm going to see what happens it's just like the podcast and eventually the audience that want to see what i'm doing will come and find me or they'll not and then i'll just have fun because i'm having fun because i'm mucking about in front of a camera and i'm having a really really good time kind of doing it and if you like it then that's fine if you don't like it then go somewhere else you need to get jake involved I don't know. What if you do Jake that. Quest? <laughs> I think you had a hit on your hands. I saw that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've um, big big hats off to Dan Hughes because this is something that I've he gets passionate about a lot of things, but I've never. Normally, what happens is you see, you know, he, he says, "And uh, I'm collecting earwax candles," and he gives you, he shows his little collection on Facebook. <laughs> Does a podcast of five episodes over it and then stops. And then three months, and then, you know, literally three months later, he says, no, I'm on new things now. I've uh, been buying in different bananas from all over the world. <laughs> plantains, um, plantains. But, yeah, well, it's, you know, that's plan, plan, maybe plan eight or plan nine, could be plan ten. Um, <laughs> but, but with this Cora Quest. I'm really thing, big into bananas. <laughs> Mike peels them. Mike peels them for him. Mike with his feet. With his feet. <laughs> that's that's what that's what happens on their podcast, I believe, in the green room. The green join us after the slightly green bananas as Mike peels wow. them. Slowly wow. hoist them with over his, to with uh, his Hobbit feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does like the Lord of the Rings. It doesn't. It is my precious. <laughs> we want it. We want it now. What did you say? Oh, monster. Uh-huh. Do you want a banana? <laughs> What's this peel it with our feet? <laughs> oh, it tastes lovely and squishy. That's an uncanny uh, voice. That sounds yeah. just like Mike. Uh. <laughs> I, t- I, can't, I can't do Mike. I just, uh, I don't know, there's something about Mike. So. I, can't, I can't do Mike. Mike's difficult. Mike's, because Mike's accent is... Not 
there's not kind of like such a strong twang to it. You know, he's got a uh, kinda- they call that a uh, let's say I listen to this radio guy that like actually physically worked on his voice. And it's, I forget what they called it, but it was like a non-regional dialect. I think that's what it was, non-regional dialect. So it's just basically an American voice that doesn't have a certain twang or anything to it. Yeah. It's what we grew up when we were growing up. um, And this is fun. This is really funny. When kids are growing up in the UK, when they're playing games with their toys, nine times out of ten, the voices that they'll put on will be American. It's hilarious. You see kids playing outside and they don't put on kind of UK voices. They will actually be like, kind of... Look this. I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm, about to sh- I'm about to take down Darth Vader. You know, that you're not from around here, are you? And it's like, but you'll see them kind of, sh- you know, fighting outside with their stuff. And they're going, I'm the Thunder. I'm the Thunder kids. I'm Spider-Man kind of thing and they'll be doing that voice I'm Tony Stark because all the cartoons every single piece of entertainment that these kids are getting is all American voices mm. except the bad guys all the bad guys have English voices <laughs> they're all British <laughs> they're all British all of them without fail do you know what I mean Tom Hiddleston yes <laughs> there you go so uh, I, I uh, Jerry I have procured a list of my recent we went on a uh some of our old listeners, like from when we first started the show, started their podcast, Superboard Sunday. Uh, they started their podcast, and they just had us on this last week. And they, I ripped off this game from a, uh, a morning show out of Austin, Texas, I listened to. They did antonyms of movie titles. Antonyms being the opposite of synonyms. So it's like lots of people do the synonyms of you know movie titles or board games. But this is... The exact opposite, right? Y'all know what antonyms are. I'm explaining English, right? <laughs> anybody? 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 I don't. Am know I coming they, in? I don't, know, I don't know if they have antonyms in Scotland. Do they have antonyms I, in I Scotland? Think, no, I think we chucked them out with the English. Um, it's the exact opposite. And I will now give you and Richard some oh some antonyms. To well-known board games, so this is going to work. I blame myself here, because if I was more popular than if you'd asked the question on your Facebook page, it would have had Mike Delisio levels of questions, and you wouldn't have had to resort to actually inventing a quiz no, in order no. to fill up the time to <laughs> no. make me feel better about myself. I love games and these <sighs> types of games and trivia, so I have been looking for something to add to our podcast, and this has uh, filled that void for me. Filling the Void, also another club that Mike Delisio worked at. Um, this is going to be the opposites of board game names, okay? Okay. We're ready. Okay. I'm ready. Do we buzz? I'm going to give you the easiest one on the list. So first, okay. first person to three correct answers wins. Far and near. Near and far. Oh, me. Near and far. <laughs> I said it oh, first. come on, I showed him. You have to say your name. First. Jerry, near and far. Okay. So that's kind of the setup to let you know where we're at. This that was the baseline. Of- We've set up the baseline. No, that doesn't count. That was just a setup. That was a baseline answer, like when I ask you your name on a, a lie detector test. Okay. So now for the real game. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've taken some liberties because some things is hard to find the opposite of. There's like no direct <laughs> antonyms. 
just go. Just go for God's sake. Oh, for goodness sake. Flesh Pond. Love that band. Flesh Pond. What is the opposite of flesh? What is the opposite of pond? Richard, meet ocean. <laughs> mm, incorrect, sir. Hang on. Flesh Pond? Flesh Pond. I have no clue. This is. <sighs> I don't know if I should give the answer or hold it off. I'm no. Let the, I'm going to let the listeners chime in. Flesh pond. All right. Okay. 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 okay flesh so flesh pond. pond is out. Y'all have. Not, okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Peak day. Ease. The opposite of peak day. Ease. Peak day. You're thinking of board game names that are the opposite <laughs> of peak day. Ease. Richard, Friday hard. <laughs> no. We don't. Peak day ease. Peak. Oh, what? Right. I will tell you, I took all of these off the top 100. Just saying. Trough night hard. This is this is not working out. Uh, we need this kind of top one hundred doesn't help because you know I don't actually play any <laughs> but, board. But game. I chose peak. board games. Literally, everybody knows the name Seth. Peak day. Come ease. on, what's the opposite of peak day? What's the opposite of ease or easy? My game is. That's, it my sounds game like, is tanking. You know, dip. <laughs> Dip night difficult. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to You're think. getting close. Twilight struggle. Yeah! <laughs> That's oh, it. You oh, got it. Oh, Lord. One okay. point for Jerry. I had to sit there and think of top 100. Okay, struggle. That's what gave it away. E, right. struggle. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay, okay. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm right. so excited right. somebody okay. got it. Okay, here we go. Right, here we go. I'm fired up now. <laughs> A famine for frig. Oh, a feast for Odin! Oh, come on! He didn't even Jerry, shout his name, you Richard. Have to a feast say your for Odin, name. Richard. He didn't even you chimed in Richard, appropriately, so one point, Richard. One point, Jerry. Oh, okay. That's how you have to say your name. I got one point, Jerry. <laughs> point, Jerry. <laughs> I'm about to get two. <laughs> Should I we go get, back to flesh pond now that you're in the mode? Flesh yeah. pond. Flesh pond. Flesh pond. What the? Welcome to Flesh Pond. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Say your name. Jerry. Jerry. Spirit Island. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I had to dig for that. How's, how's island opposite to pond? Because island is surrounded by water. A pond is a body of water surrounded by land. You're far too clever for this. Far too clever. Next, please. Far too I'm one clever. point away. Okay. Next. One two up. Away. To two up, Jerry. One for Richard. Now I'm gonna throw a little Spanish flair in here. Oh, I can't uh, speak English. Let me see if I'm gonna do this one. Uh, okay. I'm, Can I just point out at school we don't learn Spanish at school <laughs> because we're not bordering? Okay, I won't. I'm not gonna do this. I'm, I'm gonna change it to. No, you do it. Do it. No, Let's no, see. no, 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 no. Because then I I'll can claim this. it was, you know. <laughs> I'm going to save it for it next time. Fixed. Diminutive 
eastern blockage. Say it, say that one more time. Just one more time. Diminutive eastern blockage or blockade. Oh, Richard, Great Western Trail. Yeah! Oh. <laughs> Boom. Two to In two. Yes. And your face. Diminutive Eastern and Blockage sounds like a game I would play. Face. And your face. Oh, look at you. 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 Okay. okay. Oh, look at you. I'm For ready. the final one. You ready? For all the you marbles. Ready. You look ready to I'm lose, ready. Jerry. Ready. You're ready to lose, Jerry. Show me the money, Jerry. <laughs> Let me think. I'm trying to. I'm trying to pick which one will make for a good, like you know, big one. But I've only written down twelve at this point, and you've answered four of them. So, is the answer Richard Clans of Caledonia? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay, I will simply go. I'm. This one is a toughie. I'll give that to you. Peace. P e a c e as in peace. P e a c. Okay. Peace of the rectangle. Richard Watering. Oh, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Tricky Dick Bart Simpson wins. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Marge. I think I won that there. <laughs> I'm going to give myself a donut. Oh, and that's board game antonyms. Mm, there you go. That was one of my favorite rounds of any board game show from any podcast. I loved it. <laughs> Next time, remind me that we're going to do something like this, Gabby. I won't drink beforehand. Because <laughs> look at me, I'm half cut. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is, this is, we're going to have to tie it up. It's, it's like midnight at Richard's Scotland area. It's not as quarter past nine. I'm raring to go, lady. Well, listen, Eddie. <laughs> if you want to bring it on, let's do five more of your Antonines. <laughs> He's into it. He likes my game. I'm totally. I loved it. See once it got it. See once it clicked. See once it clicked. See once it clicked. See once, once it clicked. Okay. See, Jerry was one like, more. I'm going to win this This is going to be one now. more. Gonna... I'll give you one more. Right, just for listening pleasure. <clears throat> okay. Defenders of the Southland. Oh, Jerry. That's huh? Defenders of the Last Stand. Nope. Richard, Raiders of the Lost Sea. Yes! Of the Lost oh. sea. <laughs> it's opposite, Joe. He's putting this... <laughs> I can't see what he's doing. He put his shirt above his head. I'm glad uh, I didn't see good. that. I can... Da, 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 you know, you can choose da, 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 who's on your screen if you click your mouse on the person down the bottom right corner. I don't want to do that. I want, I want. Okay, so Richard's up actually four to two. Okay, well, I'll give you one more. In in 300 yards, you'll be entering Loserville. Population, Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> Take the next left. Okay, four to two. Kay. Falling moon. Oh, Richard, rising sun. Richard is tearing it up, Jerry. Jerry doesn't even stand a chance. What is going on? Yippee-ki-yay, it's, <laughs> it's five to two. It's five to two. So, I mean, it's That's game over. Stop. It's That's game enough. over. Stop. I just, you know, I'm just so tired of all this winning. <laughs> so tired. Something you never had to say in your podcast rankings. <laughs> You know, 
in my podcast <laughs> rankings, I was always, I was always winning. Always, always winning. Always be winning. Um, is there a let's? Okay, I, we can talk about board games, I guess, for a split second. Is there a board game mechanic that you feel? you excel in i think there's a board game mechanic that's missing which is hot sexiness (laughs) (laughs) if they introduced that mechanic then i'd be winning out all the time um i am that i do well at i I kind of um i always do okay in the worker placement type games well i was okay i'll give you an example of the one i was thinking at for me Concordia has the, uh, you know, multiplication of the scores, the multiplier of the cards being played. So you play some cards down. If you play four of that type of card down, well, that's going to four times the score of whatever you were trying to do. So if you had three buildings built in, you know, on the board and you played four of those cards, well, you scored yourself 12 points. I do very well at Concordia. There's another game like that, and I cannot think of what it is right now. Well, there's several games like that where you play these cards down, and it's just a multiplier of the score. And I tend to always do well at those. Like, I don't do well at many games against Jerry, but I think in Concordia, I'm like four games to one against Jerry. But I was trying to think of, is there a board game mechanism that, oh, yeah, you're like, you really get this. I know I need to do this. Comes to Concordia, I'm like, I need to get a bunch of cards. And I knew that. And I told Jerry one time, I'm like, you need to just like buy a bunch of cards. But he doesn't, and I continue to beat him. I think I really like the, um, I like the engine building as well. There was a game called Steampunk Rally, which was all about kind of dice and putting dice into machines. And you were basically converting fire into steam and steam into kind of electricity and stuff like that. And I was able, for whatever reason, that just clicked with me and sometimes in games like that you just look at something and it's like yeah um it's kind of like it goes bing and you're like i've got it yeah. and you just put it down and you just absolutely kind of dominate i do like kind of like that that side of things worker placement is enjoyable it depends on what it depends on kind of what i'm playing which kind of like really click really really clicks for me it's one of my most enjoyable mechanics and it's the ones that i kind of always look i find myself I'd like to think I'm one... I think you like to think you're kind of one type of board game player, but then you find over a period of time you're slipping into becoming something else. Right. And you can't help it. I'm the same way. What, what's the best game you've played here recently? Um, uh, Pendulum. No. I heard that one's uh, not that great. According to all the reviews... Uh, I've heard mixed things. I've heard mixed things about Pendulum. Pen, do you know what Pendulum is? I think Pendulum, and I've not, we've, I've not played it enough to form a solid opinion. But Pendulum is like the, um, the summer blockbuster movie. It's like the Star Wars. It's the Rise of Skywalker <laughs> of board games. Yeah. That I think there's been a lot of kind of hype around it, and I think it's a victim. It's a victim of hype. And I think that if it didn't have as much hype, I think people would have been maybe a little bit more accepting to it. And uh, I don't know. I'm not past. I'm not going to pass judgment on it. Well, I think it, anything you know, Stonemeyer produces is just going to come with extreme <laughs> hype, and people will love it or hate it. We, I didn't care for 
tapestry. We didn't care for tapestry. Lots of people like it, but I do still love viticulture and scythe. I'm I'm waiting for Jamie. But, but tapestry was that a was that a Jamie Stegmeyer design? I think it maybe was. I know that but the pendulum, know pendulum isn't. Is I know the pendulum is something. Pendulum is somebody else's. I'm, I'm waiting for Jamie. Uh, he does have a viticulture expansion in the works, and I'm dying to see what that's going to be. Because I, I, like I I've been playing the viticulture app, which is does not include uh, Tuscany, which kind of hurts me. But uh, it's the uh, viticulture, I guess, essential edition on the app. A very nice implementation. It's very, I mean, it's done very well. But I do wish it was the Tuscany. And now that I've played Tuscany repeatedly, I'm ready for something new. I keep hoping maybe this is a Napa Valley expansion that we get, but we'll see what happens. Um, oh, I, I mean, not meaning to drag kind of pendulum into it, but um, no. The the most the most recent game that I really enjoyed was the Court of Miracles. Oh yeah, from Lucky Duck Games. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of people post about that because it's kind of like it's like a sleeper thing. <clears throat> it's like a sleeper hit. Because it's incredibly easy to play. It's incredibly easy to learn. You're basically, you're placing your player down in a sector of the city. You're claiming whatever reward it is. You're claiming the reward you get with a sector. And then at some point, there's three spaces. And it's like, then at some point, the three spaces will battle it out to kind of gain control of that sector. And you'll place your renowned token down for whoever has it. It was kind of like, I kind of looked and I went, hmm. I'm not sure about this, but then it's kind of like I started playing it and I played it a couple of times with my son and just, I can, with mass, with more player counts, it'll, it'll be actual bed, bedlam because you're restricted on the amount of spaces that you have, which I think is really cool. And I like that kind of worker placement thing where people are having to make there's too many worker placement games, and I mentioned this about Scythe, that Scythe is perfectly possible, well, it's not worker placement, it's perfectly possible for under lower player counts for there never to be any kind of interaction. Whereas the Court of Miracles, it's basically, you will interact with other people, you have no choice, and in bigger player counts, that's a certainty, and I really kind of I really kind of like that. It kind of pleasantly surprised I wasn't, because I was... I was kind of the previous one, um, the previous game that I played from that Lucky Duck uh, were involved in was Tang Garden, and that unfortunately fell flat for me in a couple of places, just because I just thought it was there was um, it could have been a much smaller game, and it could have been a lot less produced, and it was kind of difficult to see what to kind of read the board from any point. So that was disappointing. But the Court of Miracles is just... The artwork's fantastic. The board looks amazing. It's really, really simple to play, really simple to pick up. But it it can be, yeah. There's a there's a right... There's a, there's a, it's one of these sleeper hits, I think, that people are going to go, oh, yeah, I want that. It's great. I was just thinking, I've, I've never... I don't know what your favorite game is. Have you ever done like a top 10 on your podcast or anything of that nature? No. Are you planning on doing that clickbait for your YouTube? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because I don't... Because then again, it like comes down to this. Like, like, okay, here's the thing. It comes down to these two things. If you do a top 10, do you do it... Would I do it as... And number 10, it's this. Number 8, is this. Or do I do it as mucking about? 
I think you should do it mucking about, as you say. I think you should begin. Because I think there's. You should begin each number with you unboxing slowly the components using only your feet. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking about the game as a whole, and just do that number 10. Number 10 is pendulum, and then they see your feet come up on the. (laughs) (laughs) I I really did like how Ben Maddox. But I think that it also gives people a good idea of the personality that they're dealing with and what they like and enjoy. And I think it's, I think there is a, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a thing. It's something that needs to happen. Yeah. I think it gives a good idea of whether or not you're going to be listening to this person as a kind of a reviewer kind of thing. Right. I mean, I think that's the, that's the thing. I mean, I watched Ben Maddox do his top 10. I like how he Um, did one video per game there towards the end. I just like what he's doing. I think he's kind of like the the thing with Ben is <clears throat> the thing with Ben is Ben is very loquacious and he's yes. also very good he's a very good communicator as well and I it's something that I I would probably try and attempt and I would absolutely suck at it I would try and use big clever words and Ben's got this way of kind of saying stuff in such a way that it kind of gets you thinking and he's very good at using his words to put a picture into your mind of how he feels about a game which is I think is really important when you're reviewing a game is that he's he's able to express how he feels about a game and make you understand how he feels about a game instead of just saying I like it or I don't like it. Well, just, I think he's exceptionally good at that. Just satirize it. Just have a dark room with candles in the background with you staring into the camera that's not quite focused <laughs> and just talk about a game and use just words have, that really don't make be, any sense. Just have a be lead, leaning over it and going, this is rumbunctious. Yes, and people <laughs> would watch that and eat that up. I've never I've never been as mellifluous in my life. Mellifluous. <laughs> I, one of my... F- my favorite probably my favorite episode of your well i like enjoy you and dan hughes as well but you and ben maddox together like ben just felt free to just go off on everything he was so angry on your episode and me and jerry just ate every bit of it up we need it there was so you, much stuff cut out of that episode <laughs> i can't even begin to to talk about the you, stuff that we just said Let's talk. Let's just talk. Don't worry about editing. I'll edit it later out. And then we had a discussion about what we were editing out later on. And, and it just just went. There's something to be said for a uh, bouncing off of or a a dynamic between personalities. I think that's uh, Jerry has a certain personality. I have a different personality. And the two of us make this podcast together. You and Ben, Ben has his way of doing things. You have your way of doing things. And to me, that was gold on the podcast. I think y'all should pursue that in a YouTube show, but that's just me. I just want to make, I would love, I want to make it a regular thing. I think if, you know, if he said, right, okay, once every two or three months, let's just record a show just for the sake of recording the show, then I would definitely do that. Because I think I've thoroughly enjoy, I just thoroughly enjoy speaking. He's one of the, he's one of like a couple of people that I really enjoy speaking to. Mike is another one. Dan for definite um, Matthew Jude he was incredibly good fun to talk to um, even um, who else um, as I say Monique I'd love to just 
because it's like you get a different perspective from a different person, which is so I think it's so important, and it kind of kind of work really well. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do something else with uh, Paula Deming. Because yeah, I think we could you. just, I think we just could just kind of riff off each other in a kind of a comedy, throwing those big names thing. around. Yeah. yeah, I think you and Ben would do well. Ben and Dick, Benedict Pottercast is what you can call it. At every, every <laughs> at every every that month, you two can get on there and discuss what's going on on board game Twitter. Wow, can you imagine? Oh, I'd listen to that. Just rage. I'd love to just talk about. I'd love field. to talk about board game Twitter. Ben would just I'd love be to talk about board field. game Twitter. But you said we weren't going to talk about board we're game Twitter. We're not going to talk about board game Twitter because Twitter. Twitter. that makes Gobby very nervous. Because <laughs> otherwise, it would end up with forty-five minutes about and one more thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I'm. I gotta pee. Oh well, I'm done. I gotta get off here. Okay. I've tapped. I'm. This it? I'm about. I'm about finished. Okay. <laughs> I like. I just need to come. We're exhausted. That's a, that's a great. That's a great ending there. I'm about finished. Go ahead and close us out, Richard. <laughs> okay. Um, if you've enjoyed what you've listened to this evening, then you can check out the board game snobs across a couple of areas of social media. If you like what you've listened to tonight, then make sure that you go to Apple Podcasts and uh, throw us a. Throw us a like or throw us a subscription or throw us a review. If you are going to be giving us a rating or review, remember, don't give us 10 stars because Jerry is already handsome, loquacious, fantastic. Gabby is an excellent man of the world. It's just going to elevate them into that level of arrogance. But at the same time, don't give them one star because you'll be stepping on these people's dreams. Give them something in the middle. Be give them a five, because that'll be fantastic. Give them a four. Give them a three. I don't want them beating us. <laughs> give us a two. Consider a one. Give them a three and a half. That'll be fine. Um, otherwise, check them out on other social media, Board Game Snobs on Twitter, Board Game Snobs on Instagram. You can join their group on Facebook, which is Board Game Snobs as well. My name is Richard. You can find me on We Are Not Wizards if you search for the Googles. But until the next time, remember, y'all come back now, you hear? Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.